Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. Today I bring you some incredible news. I have been working on a secret project for the past three or four months now and I now can tell you that the brand new follow along workout channel is live and here. On this YouTube channel you're going to find workouts for fat loss, muscle building, improving your cardio health, flexibility, everything is going to be on there. You're going to find body weight workouts, dumbbell workouts, kettlebell and resistance bands workouts all that you can follow along with and the best part is that it's completely free they're also around 10 to 20 minutes long meaning if you're short of time you can quickly complete an effective workout or you can combine like two or three of them together and complete like a full 45 to 60 minute workout new workouts will go live on the channel every tuesday and thursday and they're going to be accompanied by an amazing backdrop which i'm sure you're all going to enjoy so if you want to find the channel just search elliot hasoon into youtube and you'll find it very easily and please subscribe it makes me very, very happy and it helps the channel grow. And feel free to tell your friends, your family, your pets, whoever you want to share this with and let's work out together. Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. I am your host, Elliot Hassoon, and today I have the pleasure of sitting down and speaking with Mira Patel. Mira is a creator, influencer, and an online coach. However, if you met Mira just a few years ago, you may have not guessed that her life was going to take this path. During her journey, she decided to start posting some of her aesthetically pleasing meals on Instagram, which has now led her to 80k followers, hundreds of recipes, and a career in health and fitness. In this episode, we go through the challenges with modern day influencers and how the increasing wave of body positivity might actually be a problem. The type of mindset that Mira had during her fat loss journey, which will also guarantee you success, and Mira's top five kitchen essentials, along with much, much more. I have no doubt that you guys are going to take so much value from this episode, and I'd highly encourage you to head over to Mira's Instagram page afterwards to get some of her recipes too. You will not be disappointed. So without further ado... Mira Patel. Mira Patel, <laughs> welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to hear. Really happy to have you here. It's been a long time in the works to get you on the show. So I'm really, really pleased to finally have you on here. Better late than ever. And I'm sure you're going to make up for it whilst being here as well. So for those of the listeners who might have not heard of you before or know what you do, could you give us a little brief introduction on who you are and what it is that you do? I am Mira um, on Instagram. I'm Mira underscore fit. Some of you may or may not know me. Um, follow me. I get people coming up to me all the time like, oh, I follow you. I'm like, oh God, this is really awkward. But yeah, so because I just think of me as me. Obviously, for me, I just post what, what I post on Instagram. So yeah, and um, I am a, I guess, content creator, influencer, very much food focused, which is fitness food, healthy food, making food that is uh, macro friendly, but I guess looks indulgent and kind of allows you to have no food restrictions, but eating within sort of, you know, what calories and, and macros you're, you're supposed to be eating in. And yeah, and I'm a, a fitness coach, online coach as well. Um, so I've just started doing that. So that's me kind of, I guess, in a nutshell to describe who I am and what I do. Yeah, it's um, interesting to hear about the the creator side of things. When did that all kick off with the creating the foods and making sure that, yeah, you're going for healthy foods and making that fit within macros and, you know, more health conscious? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess for me, I've always been a bit of a foodie. I wouldn't say I was healthy or unhealthy um, in terms of what I ate. I just, I ate. I was never like sort of one extreme to the other. Um, I could never diet or, or kind of do those things because I just, I found it really boring. And then I, in 2019, in uh, July, I started my own fitness journey, which the fat loss phase lasted until kind of, I guess, just before New Year's. So it was about 23 weeks in total. And then when I guess I was sort of reverse dieting and calories, calories went up for me quite quickly. So I was able to play around with food. You know, we're going up to like 250 calories every kind of like couple of weeks, which is quite, which is quite fast compared to like, what, you know, some clients need. So I was able to accept more food. And I, breakfast was one of those things I really have always enjoyed. And eating oats was something I always enjoyed. So I thought, okay, let me actually um, start maybe showing people what I what I eat. I wasn't even called Mira Fit back then. I think I've gone through about three name changes, <laughs> actually four. Um, I was just Mira. I can't remember my my personal account name. And um, basically, I just started showcasing what I eat. And out of nowhere, like the the posts that I was I was posting so sporadically before that, but the posts I was posting just started, I guess, what they call trending. And I was, you know at the time maybe had like three, four, 500 followers. And I was getting like a thousand, 500, 2000 likes on a photo, which means that obviously the, the post has been shown to people outside my followers. So I just kept, I just kept posting and I was eating breakfast every day. So I posted every day and I guess that consistency paid off. Um, last consistency. And as coaches, we love consistency. It, it seems to be the only word I hear all the time. So yeah. So basically I just, I just started posting and there seemed to be this massive interest in what I was doing and people just loved it because it showed, hang on a minute, this girl looks the way she looks. She's obviously gone through a fitness journey. She's gone through a fat loss journey. She's lost all this weight and she still looks pretty much like she did on her photo shoot day because I didn't really go up in weight too much. Yet she's eating these breakfasts oh my God, they look really calorific and indulgent, but they actually weren't. They were really cleverly put together to give you the idea, which I think a lot of it is, is that, you know, just tricking your mind into thinking that you've eaten something that's way more indulgent than it actually is. But, and if you look at the macros on my, on my meals, they are actually just so ridiculously low on, on most of them. Some of them are like 370, 350 calories for, for a bowl of oats, but if you look at them, if I said to you, they're churro oats, they've got a liquid chocolate center. They're covered in a cinnamon sugar. Obviously it's not sugar. I use, I use a substitute for that, a natural substitute. But the fact is that's like a 350 calorie breakfast. But when you look at it, you're probably thinking it's like six, 600 at least because of how it looks. From that, I guess um, things kind of just sort of, sort of grew from there. I got approached by a, a celebrity fitness personal trainer to... <laughs> Uh, well, I didn't get approached. My friend put me forward for this. Um, you might have heard this story already, but oh my God. Yeah. So he he approached, she put my name forward for some ad that he'd applied for as a food stylist and a food photographer. Nothing related to what I do. I was working in an office, like in a, in a job that was nothing to do with it. This was just a side thing that I was doing. And this was like before R&T days. And, and that all then snowballed into how my account was then created for what it was. And I started thinking a little bit more kind of on the aesthetic side of things. And I guess I had a very unique style. If you look at my posts, you, you know, without knowing it's me, you'll know it's my post just because it has a certain style to it. And then from there, I guess brands started approaching me. Um, my account started growing and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's um, it just kind of snowballed from there. And then I got like became brand ambassador for like sports 
even though even though I wasn't really prominent in the fitness side of things, sports companies like you know my protein and and stuff like that they they started approaching me because I was so heavily doing fitness related food that it kind of all just fit together and then I guess people were like asking me for so much advice on what they should and shouldn't do in terms of fat loss and all of this kind of stuff and I thought well if I'm doing the food and I'm giving people the advice why not actually do the actual studies to get myself qualified and really cement what I know and actually improve what I know and my skills and whatever. So I decided to do that and then started my own coaching company because for me, most of my clients, they, they want me because they don't want to eat with food restrictions. And that's, that's what I do. I allow you to have a very normal life where you're not eating the same food every day. People eat the same food out of choice. Some people feel they have to, um, some people don't know what else to do, but I guess by giving them the structure of a meal plan and stuff like that, it's psychologically for them, I think, an easier journey. And I guess there's two arguments to it. There is this remove the decision fatigue, have the same food every day so you can focus on your goals. But these people have already tried doing that and it hasn't worked for them because the monotony of it isn't for them. It's not for everyone to be monotonous. I mean, I, I ate the same food every day pretty much for five and a half months. And that was because I just couldn't cope with trying to think of recipes all the time, every day to keep things interesting. And I could batch cook and it worked for my lifestyle because I was a, a mom of two, I was working and I kind of needed that, I guess. For me, too much choice probably isn't a good thing. And I don't give my clients loads of choice. I just, it's just that macros are already calculated for the entire recipe. You can just select a breakfast from, from your breakfast uh, array and same with lunch, same with dinner. So it's just a lot easier for them. And th- th- it works for the clients that I have. Yeah, that <laughs> so, totally makes sense. And yeah. during your fat loss phase, then you might want to keep the foods a little bit more similar. But at some point, you're going to be outside of a fat loss phase. So being able to have more flexibility within your nutrition helps because of ultimately, yeah, I, you are I, going to want to expand. Yeah, and I think, I think teaching someone to live normally from the start as well as achieving their goals you know it can be quite very restrictive if you sort of shut yourself away and only focus on this one thing which is your fitness journey there's no reason at all why you can't go out for dinners and you know i ask my clients every week on a check in if they have social events coming up and i i teach them how to understand how to eat out because I went through a similar situation where oh, I, I used to dread going out. I stopped going out because I found it too much pressure. I didn't understand how to fit the socials into my life during fat loss. And unfortunately, it meant I kind of disconnected myself away from life and people. And unless I really had to go somewhere, I wouldn't. And when I did, I would not be present because I would be sitting there stressing about what I would because I'd eaten the same food every day and all of a sudden I've got this whole menu and I'm like I actually don't know what to pick I don't know what to eat I don't know what's right am I going to mess up my progress for the week and all these things because I was pushing myself so hard like when I say so hard like it was ridiculous (laughs) um but I, I I guess that kind of like made me go no I don't want my clients to experience that because I want them to have a positive relationship with food. And that was not a positive relationship with food, um, unfortunately. And I was lucky that I was aware 
or I was I, I found myself aware quickly enough to rectify those things because you know that, that that does psychologically it can play a big part on your mental health and your relationship with food and, and cause all sorts of all sorts of issues I, I you know you just have to look on Instagram influencers who have pushed themselves so hard on their fitness journeys and restricted so much that they had undercover eating disorders which they're only now talking about yeah, it's but they quite prevalent. Yeah, it's surprisingly yeah, prevalent. They didn't show their followers at the time the suffering and the reality. They painted a picture that they were eating a certain way and living a certain way, and they had this amazing body. But only now, now the movement has changed into body positive and no restrictions, and you know, being a bit more honest. And it's okay to have the cellulite. It's okay to have the tummy rolls. You don't need to have the abs all the time. And that shouldn't be what, you know, validation you're seeking in life. But I have my own, my own issues with some of the things that go on on Instagram and social media, because I think it's really easy to talk and go, yeah, I don't wear a smartwatch anymore. I've thrown that in the bin and I just eat what I want intuitively. And I, okay. But the thing is, you also were like a size six toned, restricted eating person at one point who was tracking. Now you're saying tracking's crap. Now you're saying smartwatches are crap, but yet you were adamant to hit your step count every day. But the only reason you look the way you do today is because of the things you put your body through before. And yeah, you just filled out a little bit and it's not as lean, but a normal person who hasn't gone through any kind of fitness journey can't just go and eat intuitively and understand what intuitive intuitive eating is a skill. And I think you need to understand macros, calories, what you should be eating for the goals you have, for the weight you are, for the height you are. There's so much more behind it. And you can't sit there and preach that, oh, you need to be free of all this stuff. When if, if, if you had done this before, you wouldn't look the way that you are. It's very easy to, it's easy to have an amazing figure that you're just like, loosening up a little bit. Whereas a lot of people don't have that. They don't have that perfect body and outline. And, you know, even though they don't have like, you know, influencers don't have ripped abs anymore. They do have abs. They're just not as prominent. Yeah. 100%. No, I completely agree. I get really frustrated with the kind of, I guess, messaging that gets put on social media because it's really easy to talk once you've been somewhere and now you've changed your tune because it's going to get you more likes and more follows. And that's not what it should be about. It should not be no. about that at all. And a lot of these tools are still incredibly useful as well. Like I said, macro accounting can be really useful. Learning how to intuitive eat is a skill which you need to learn. Like all of these type of things, using your Fitbit, using your Apple Watch is a helpful thing when you want to manage these things. If it becomes obsessive, if it comes a point where it becomes unhealthy, then yes, it's a problem. But you know, like you said, these people who actually haven't experienced being in shape, who haven't actually had the kind of benefits from their health and fitness journey that influencers have, or even they're not even genetically gifted, you know, myself included. If I just started trying to intuitively eat from the get-go and really was just embracing posi- body positivity, I'd probably just remain overweight for the rest of my life. And <laughs> that's reality. Exactly. exactly. You, you can't start where you are already now and not do anything and just go straight in at that level where I don't need a smartwatch. I don't need... These are tools that are going to help. I think they help your mindset more Um, And then the physical change comes because you've changed the way you're thinking about things and the way you're viewing things. But unfortunately, you can't sit there and preach that these things are all now rubbish. It really, honestly, it frustrates me so much when I see these things going on. And I'm just like, 
a you're lying like a lot of it like i've got i've got clients who are um, you know, there's people out there who've had a, a eating disorder, like influencers who've had an eating disorder, and they've now come clean about it. And then they're going on about how you should just chuck your smartwatch in the bin because it's a trigger. Don't weigh yourself. Chuck your scales in the bin. Okay. But you've gone through a process to get to where you are. Somebody who's still at stage one, ground zero, going through an eating disorder. Do you know what? Sometimes macro tracking is a helpful tool. It's not a trigger for everyone. Just because it's a trigger for you doesn't mean it's a trigger for someone else. Like I've got a client who she has no, she's like literally when I say reverse diet, where where she, she came out of hospital uh, with an eating disorder. She's ridiculously low in weight and she needs to obviously gain that weight. Um, and we're doing it really slowly. And we put her on um, a meal plan. We're not even doing the coaching right now in terms of training because I, I want her to minimize her activity. And then we're going to implement all of that after. And she said to me, like she does these night binges. So she'll sit there. Her thing was at late at night, she'll sit there and like, I'm not even joking, go through a whole jar of peanut butter. She'll go through like a whole bottle of chock shot with it, a, like maple syrup, like, on a, like whatever it is psychologically that makes her do these things. So we're trying to obviously get her to start eating. Then Because the cycle is, then she'll restrict all day do that at night, restrict all day. So we need to break the cycle and we need to break the cycle and keep that consistency. So those binges at night don't actually, they're not triggered by hunger and they're not triggered by, they're not triggering. And she even said to me, I have no issue with scales. She goes, I macro track already. So she goes, these things that I see on social media, they're not actually things that trigger me. She goes, what I don't want to do is weigh myself and I put on weight because I've done the wrong thing. She wants to gain weight, but she wants to do it in a healthy way, which is why she's asked me to help her with that. So yeah, social media, you, you need to take things with a pinch of salt. Yeah. And it's its a really frustrating place. Like, thing is, it just doesn't allow room for nuance. And that's always been the challenge that I have is that there's no specificity to it. And people speak into masses when every single person on the other side of a social media account is actually an individual human being. So I think whilst you always have that problem, I mean, whilst it's always going to be that way, it's always going to be a problem, especially with the new age of people embracing the body positivity side. To be honest, I'd rather these people would say, hey, I'm genetically gifted. This worked really well for me. I'm keeping this up. If you've got an eating disorder and you want to share it and everything along those lines, then great. But there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with being genetically gifted and saying, I actually applied hard work to my already gifted genetics and I look like this and I'm an outlier now and I look amazing. Like these are the type of people who are really inspiring as well. Like, yeah, like there's girls who eat like 3000 calories a day and they look amazing. But saying that you eat 3000 calories a day and you look and, and people see you looking that good, it doesn't connect. It doesn't make people understand, but how did you get to this point? You had to have gone through something for you to allow your metabolism to accept this level of food. And it's like, you're not doing any cardio. You're eating 3000 calories. People associate obviously being slim with cardio, like the gen pop, like obviously cardio. The first thing is like, let's just go running on a treadmill and sweat and all these things. It's like, I did, I lost 15 kilos in 23 weeks. I, I, to this day, I have never done a workout where I actually sweat. It does not mean you've had a good workout. No, absolutely not. It no, does not mean you've had a good workout. That's it. Things in people's minds. Yeah. Like you said, it's very, very misleading, but we did jump forward and we'll get back to that. But I want to tell you more about your backstory because now you're mirror the creator, mirror the, uh, online coach, but I want to hear more about what your health and fitness was like maybe 5, 10, 15 years ago. And you mentioned a stick insect before we went live. And I'm keen to hear that story or the listeners at least uh, will get to hear that story too. Yes. So I was 
very, very, like very skinny. Like, and I was quite a tall, for an Indian girl, I was quite tall. I used to always get told, you're not going to find a husband because I was growing too fast in height. Um, and I guess that added to the, the skinny look. But when I say skinny, I mean like pin legs, you know, like really, really skinny. And <laughs> the stick insect thing was there was a girl who actually didn't look that dissimilar to me who had stick insects as pets. And she, she, we had like some sort of argument. I know you like, I was only nine at the time. And we had some sort of fight. She was my friend. We had some sort of argument in school. And her way of being mean to me was to basically compare me to her stick insect pet. <laughs> and I got really upset. And to this day, I've still never forgotten. I'm like, oh God, how many years later it is. But I've never forgotten that the way I felt when she called me that because I did... It was, you know, it was, it was, I didn't want to be skinny like that. I didn't want to have twig legs and like, it was shapeless. It wasn't like, it wasn't nice because things wouldn't fit me. Like waist was so small compared to like the height and going clothes shopping and all of that. Like nothing looked nice. It doesn't like just, just because you're skinny. doesn't mean things look good on you. Skinny in that way anyway. Um, so yeah, so I used to eat like, you know, my, oh, like I was just saying to you before, I could eat like three, four chocolate bars a day when I was younger. I'm talking about like at the age of like nine, 10, 11 years old. And it just wouldn't do anything to me. Like my younger son, he's very much built in that way. Like he reminds me a lot of how I was when I was younger. Whereas my older one, if he sort of goes off track in terms of eating the junk for a few days, you can see that it affects him and you can see it physically coming on. Like, you know, he goes back to school after a holiday, um, like three week holiday at home and the difference of, of how he looks, you can actually see it. So, but the minute they start running around and being much more active, it all just, it all resets. But yeah, so I guess I was, I was not overly healthy as a child because my lunch boxes were sort of made with chocolate spread sandwiches and bags of crisps and chocolate bars and stuff like that. But, you know, mum used to bring a piece of fruit when we used to get picked up from school. And then I guess, I guess that thing of I can eat whatever I want and it doesn't really make me get fat stayed with me um, until I was about sort of 17, 18. I guess that was the age where I became a bit more conscious about how I looked. And I noticed and realized maybe like the stomach area isn't as small or tight as it used to be. And I guess that's age and you start drinking alcohol and you start going out and you start eating out after you've gone out and going straight to bed. And the lifestyle I think is a bit more unhealthy because it's those, the, the days of clubbing and, you know, all that kind of stuff and uni. So, and then obviously the metabolism slows down. I would never, you know, if I ever said to someone, I need to lose weight, they would laugh in my face. What do you need to lose weight for? You're so skinny. But they wouldn't see me without clothes on, so to speak, where when I did my first ever photo on my fitness journey, that static photo, I was like, holy crap. I didn't really have any this bad. <laughs> when you look at the mirror, you just don't, it's just so different to when you take a static photo. Um, I still remember looking at that photo going, I can't send this in, in my check-in. I just can't do it. Yeah, I can't, I don't want to. But I quickly got over that. You just have to just bite the bullet and just get it done. Yeah, so I guess after my first child, actually, when I was pregnant with my first one, I did not even look pregnant, like from the back, like you wouldn't even know I was, I went, we went to, I went to Antigua for a baby moon. I was seven months pregnant and literally I had what you'd call like that typical football bump where it was just like a tidy bump. Bump was quite big, but 
And I guess it looked even bigger because I was quite slim. And I was in, we were in a casino and I was sitting obviously at the table. And I think we were at the table for about a good two, two and a half hours. And the, and this casino closed like at the end of the night. So I was wearing this kind of like maxi dress, like tight at the top. And then obviously, but I was already sitting there before the girl next to me had come and sat next to me. She was American. And you know, Americans are quite, they can be quite uh, exaggerated in, 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 in how they, they, they express themselves. And she literally, as we got up, went, holy F in front of everyone, like scream. And I was like, what's happened? She goes, you're like, you're like massively pregnant. And I went, yeah, but she goes, I've been sitting next to you for the last like two, whatever hours. I had no idea you had this massive bump. And like, I would never have known that by looking at you, that you would get up and there'll be this big thing like hanging from your like, I was like, oh my God. But that's the thing. Like, I used to have to like, you know, obviously towards the end, you're like doing that typical pregnant walk where it's like a bit slow because you're so heavy. And I had two summer children, so especially my first one, it was really hot. I remember being in Brent Cross and I remember thinking, People behind me are going to think I'm some sort of weirdo because I'm walking really weird. I don't look pregnant from the back. And I always had to do a little bit of a sideways walk so people would understand that I'm not just some like slow driver, like no slow walker in the, in the lane. But yeah, it was, um, it was, I had a really good pregnancy and I, I, no, I lost the weight. I slimmed down again, back to basically what I was probably even more, but that was not through exercise or anything like that. It was just, you know, nothing of that sort it was just more watching what I eat I was breastfeeding all the rest of it and it just it just just worked for me but there was no tone it was not a, you know it was not a aesthetically pleasing body it was just a slim body and I you know I now know the difference and I was like oh my god I can get into my size eight jeans and what that meant then compared to what that means now are two, is such a different thing in my mind what being in a size eight jean means because I know now that like I'm in such a better place, like health-wise, fitness-wise. And it's not about how much I weigh. I might weigh more than I did before. Or I might weigh less. Than, I, I don't care. It's not about the scales. It's about what, how, how I feel. But then after my second one, I think I just kind of, I lost it. And I, I ended up getting that typical pregnant mum belly, you know, post-pregnancy belly that never went away. And I always had, like I said, the skinny legs and the skinny arms. They, they all stayed. The weight was just on my face. Covered myself in like baggy clothes, leggings, that was my uniform, a baggy jumper and leggings. So people would never think there was anything under there because it wouldn't hug my skin. Legs were so skinny that, you know, even now, that's one of my struggles of getting weight on my legs. But from the side and stuff like that, you'd think, what the hell would this girl ever need to lose weight for? But like I said, when I did my check-in photo and whatever, you know, I, I weighed 58, I think just under 58, no, 59 kilos, 58.25, which to most people is like, that's nothing. But it's, it's how the weight was distributed and where it was going. Like if the weight was more on my stomach and more on my legs and my ass, I would have been fine with, you know, just losing a couple of kilos. But it wasn't, it wasn't the case how it was on my face. It was, it was in the places I didn't want it to be. And it was definitely not going to the places I needed it to go to. So it was all about recorrecting. I, not recorrecting. I, I guess just correcting the mindset towards, I saw someone who I know that did a fitness journey and She's a mum and she did really, really well. And um, I just go, right, if she can do it, I'm a mum. Our kids went to nursery together. Why, why, can't I, why can't I do that? I just put myself through it. And it was the best decision I ever made. I don't think I could be where I am now if it wasn't for that. And I owe so much of, oh my God, I think, I think my entire life is now dedicated to what I learned during that time. Um, it's, changed, it's changed everything. 
It's changed everything. Like I can't, I can't even tell you what I was doing then compared to what I'm doing now, what I stand for, what I believe in, what I think is right, what I think is wrong. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those things. So I, I don't know if everybody who goes through a fitness journey can experience what it's brought me. I guess it's, I said, I've said this before, you have to submerge yourself into this, this fat loss phase. If you're going to do a fat loss phase, I really and truly believe that making that little sacrifice for the time that you need to make that sacrifice for is worth so much. Like a, why do you want the journey to be longer than it needs to be? Why would you want to be in fat loss, eating less food, training harder, doing a manic amount of steps every day, doing manic amounts of cardio, not saying manic, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's so different on the other side once you finish, but people don't realize like, you know, a lot of people, like a lot of my clients, they've been stuck in this phase of constantly going through fat loss, fat loss journeys because they've always left or finished whatever they've done at the day that they've lost the weight. And they don't realize that's the beginning of your journey that's the, you just laid the foundation. Fat loss is the foundation. It's not the end of your journey. Reverse how you reverse diet and what you do from there is what's going to tell the story about how you're going to actually go forward from here. And and people don't realize that. They, and this is why they go through so many cycles of yo-yoing. And this is what I explain on every single you know consultation call with my you know anyone who inquires with me. If you're here for a quick fix. I don't want to work with you. I'm not here to take your money and go, yeah, 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 we can do this. No, I I, I don't want to be your coach because you don't have the right mindset. I'm not afraid to say, no, I cannot coach you because I'm not the right person because I don't believe that the way you want to do things is the right way. It goes against everything I stand for and what I believe in. And I think this should be done in a healthy way. I'm not here about extreme calorie, you know, putting someone on extreme calories, um, which are very, very, very low. It's just not the way I want to do things personally, but because I don't feel like it's always needed, but, you know, and, and running someone into the ground and like getting them to do like 25, 27,000 steps. Like I've had clients who've come to me, who've been put on step targets of like 160,000 steps in a week and stuff. And I'm like, I can't even, the, the fact that you've been given a weekly target of 160, first of all, like, why not break it down into a day? So it sounds less. Um, <laughs> and it's like, like, you can't, you can't be walking like all day, every day. And like, I'm not even talking like the end stages of fat loss. I'm talking like, this is what they've been doing since day one. Yeah. It's crazy. And on that note, actually, as well, because if you were someone who was known for their diligence, was known, like if you were told to do 160,000 at any point during your fat loss phase, I guarantee you probably would have done it, right? I would have done it. So that's the thing. Yeah. With that being said, how do you get on with people now who maybe don't have the same mindset as you have? I'm curious how you are now you're on the other side of it as a coach for people who don't quite (laughs) have that same mindset and like militant determination that you had during your fat loss phase. So I let my clients, I guess, find their feet. I'm not going to sit there and breathe down. Like I set the precedent from the start of what is expected and needed. I send my clients lessons, like which are video lessons of explaining things like why you need to do a check-in on time, why you shouldn't fear a check-in. What can you do while I'm you know, waiting for, for me to send you your plans and all these kind of things. So it's like forming the habits, forming the mindset. And it's really funny because I let them, I guess, mess up a little bit. 
And my mindset is, if you mess up quickly early on, you'll just learn quicker. So I want them to be frustrated. I want them to feel those things. If they want to go out and go and have like some sort of alcohol binge on the weekend and have a food binge or miss their training or eat off plan completely and go way over their calorie intake and whatever, I let them do it. I let them see the scale go up. You're paying me to be your coach, but you want to go against the advice I'm giving you. Go ahead. I'm not losing anything here. It's your loss. And I want them to feel that frustration that, oh crap, I'm doing my check-in and my weight's now actually the graph because they get a graph on their, on their, on their check-in. They can see the graph themselves. I think it's very different to when you're just putting a figure in, but when you actually see the graph as you put the number in and, and, it, and, it, and it actually takes the graph and then it does that because it draws and plots it for you in front of your face, that's what I want them to see. Now, what are you going to do? Now, what are you going to do though? So now this is where like, I give them a few weeks and I give them that settling down period. I give them all the advice on their check-ins of what they need to do this week. Again, it's completely up to them. But then there's no more nice mirror then it is. Okay. (laughs) It's been three weeks or it's been four weeks since you started. I get this is an adjustment. And I always tell my clients the first three weeks or three to four weeks are the hardest to get through. It is literally like you are going to be exhausted. You are going to be going through changes that, you know, you're pushing your body to extremes that you've never pushed it to. Yeah. You're doing things that you've never done before. You're eating a very different way. You know, some of them are like, oh, I feel a bit bloated in the beginning. I'm like, but that's normal. You're eating more nutrient-dense food. Your body has to acclimatize. And straight away, oh, can I change this on my meal plan? Because I think it may be, no, I'm not changing anything. Because you need to stick to this and you need to give it two, three weeks. And I want you to tell me in two, three weeks exactly how you feel. And they all come back and go, oh my God, the bloating's gone. Oh, I did tell you that. <laughs> oh my God, I feel so full of energy. I did tell you that. Oh my God, I can actually feel my clothes getting looser. I did tell you that. I always tell them in honesty, please don't expect that you've abused your body for all these years. Now you want to sign up to me and go, I expect a result in a week. No, it doesn't quite work like that. If you ate a pile of crap for like three days in a row, you're not going to get, it didn't take you three days or a week to look look the way you are right now. It happened over time. So just in the same way, you need to realize to go the other way is you can actually undo it quicker than it takes for it to come on. That's what I was about to say. Like undoing it is actually quite a quick process compared to like, let's say, yeah, if you put 20, like, you know, X amount of kilos on over the course of 20 years and you can literally completely transform your body and within six to 12 months, like that's a pretty good correlation in terms of time, right? Absolutely. Like I went through like cycles of just, you know, how many yo-yos, but just how many years of just feeling crap about how I looked. And I undid it in 23 weeks, but that was me being like actually committed. Like when I say committed, I would, I made all the sacrifices, all the sacrifices. And, you know, and I say to my girls, if you are here and this matters to you, I just ask them again, why are you actually here then? What is it that you want to achieve? Do you want to be doing another fat loss cycle, another fat loss journey? Because you've tried so many different things. I tell them the results are guaranteed. It's a guaranteed result that you are going to lose weight. I will give you, you know, if I had a billion pounds in my bank account, and I say this to a billion pounds, I will sign the billion pounds away to you to say 
If you follow and execute what I'm telling you to do, you will guaranteed see the result. It's so, it's just science. Yeah, no, I, that's what I love about the health and fitness journey. It's like, it's, yeah, it's science. Like you said, there is literally no escaping it. You will get results if you do it for long enough and you do exactly as I say. And like, that is the reality of it. And that's what I love about it. It's like, you might not be a men's health or woman's health model, but you're going to be a much better version of yourself. And that is guaranteed to just about anyone, as long as you have physical capabilities, right? Exactly. As long as you're able to move and you're able to chew food, there's no, there's nobody who can't do this. It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter what size you are. I've got clients that some of them need to lose even just a kilo and a half. They just want to do a, a, little, a little bit of a tidy up and they want to reverse. Some of them like need to lose 50 kilos. Like, I'm not joking. Like, I've, got a, like, some, I've got a client who's over 100 kg. And that's the extreme you know, in terms of my clientele. But the, the mindset is still the same for everybody. You, the, the, the messaging is the same for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, how much money you have, how good you think you are, how intelligent you are, what you do for a living, it does not matter. Absolutely. It does not matter. And on that note, as you uh, started your journey, you were moving towards your 40s or you were 40 at the time. So I know a lot of people will have doubts as they're moving into their 30s. They're saying things get harder at their 40s. Did you ever have those thoughts? And do you think it was any harder for you at the age you were? Or did that not even cross your mind? Because it doesn't seem like it did. No, no. So I was... 38 was I 38 yes I was 38 when I started and it was my 38th birthday no sorry my 39th birthday while I was in fat loss and I was coming towards the end so my fat loss journey kind of I had a photo shoot between Christmas and New Year's um so I was on like extreme activity extreme low calorie extreme everything steps whatever between Christmas and New Year's so that again reverting back to the conversation before is if I can do that between Christmas and New Year's, I'm sorry, I'm not listening to excuses that you want to give me. I was doing 20,000 steps. By the time my Fitbit reset at midnight, I made sure that last step was on my watch. And it was midnight sometimes because that's the only time I could find to go out at 10.30. So, and you mean yeah, the I, uh, rain and the cold and the dark that didn't stop any- you? No, I got I got a tie up hot water bottle around my waist. I got my hoodie hat. I got my ski boots. I was literally, I don't care. I have to just make sure I get this done. And um, whatever I could do to make that a, a better experience, I did those things. But there was not one, I didn't miss one workout. I didn't fall short on a step count by one step. And I didn't not, I didn't overeat on my calories by one day, by one meal. Like when I say I can handle my heart say that, I can handle my heart say that. Even now just saying it, I feel emotional because I know what I put into this. I know what I put into it. and. Yeah. So going, going back to the age thing, no, because I've, I guess I've never felt like I'm a, I was 38 in that way. I always felt like I was still, uh, maybe it's a delusion on my part. (laughs) I never, I never felt like I was 38. I look at my mom and I remember her being 38 because I remember her telling me she was pregnant with her third child, my youngest brother at the time. She had a much later pregnancy as the third one and she was 38. And, um, I remember thinking of her as much older than how I am, even just with my kids, my relationship with them, how I look, how I feel. Forget the weight thing, but just everything. But I did, I have to say, go through a lot of tired, you know, being tired and all of that kind of stuff, like going through afternoon slumps. And I guess that was just like coming from 
not really working out, training, getting any oxygen, doing any walks, eating probably not the right foods, um, probably too too high in carbs or the or the wrong things. Um, there was no there was no balance in the meals I was eating before. So yeah, no, I honestly I can't tell you within a few weeks, and this is what I say to my clients as well. Like within a few weeks, you're going to just feel like a new person already, even though the weight hasn't come off fully, like in terms of what you're trying to achieve, the energy levels, that just keeps growing. And it didn't matter how much I was pushing myself on the journey. I never felt tired in the same way I was getting afternoon slumps. It was a different tiredness. It was a well-earned tiredness where I would hit the pillow at night and I'd be like, I deserve right now to go to bed. It was like, it was that kind of feeling rather than like, you know, nodding off with your eyes closed at four o'clock and going, should I have a coffee? No, I know, but I need one. And then the cycle starts again because then you don't sleep at night. And yeah, it's correcting all of that stuff. And oh my God, just the nutrition and the training and just being outside and walking with the oxygen. And I can't tell you what it does for you. It's it's just so underrated. Massively I underrated. Everyone, I want everyone to experience it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just want, I wish everyone would really just understand like what this would give them. Absolutely. I'm aware you've got some time constraints. So I want to go for some quick fire questions to make sure that we get plenty of content packed into this. So you've mentioned your kids a couple of times. So would you give us three quick fire tips on how to integrate your healthy lifestyle into your family as well? And that seems to be a challenge for a lot of people. So my biggest thing is choose family friendly meals. So they can actually eat. I get all my clients, like their dinners, if they've got kids, they're all family-friendly recipes. Their families are eating the same food as them. So first of all, I don't want you to feel like you're alienating yourself away from your children and your family by eating separate food, because that means that you have to do some extreme thing to lose weight, but you don't. You can live normally and lose weight. And I want, I don't want you to teach your children that you have to go through an extreme. So my kids have seen both sides because I went, you know, before I did the coaching myself, I did the extreme thing where my food was very much what they call bro food. <laughs> food on a plate. And, um, you know, and, they, and my little one, he knew all the measurements of everything because it was the same food every day. He knew exactly how much rice, how much this, how much that. But no, I have, I, I take them on my walks. We do a much more sort of physical activity fun days so to speak we go rock climbing together these are things i would never have done because i would have been so self-conscious of making a fool of myself or i don't look like i belong on that wall of rock climbing or i didn't have the energy or the strength or it just wouldn't be where my mind would even go as to how to spend an afternoon we swim we like like it's just anything they go for bike rides i do my walk or we go for walks together and the bonding it's brought between me and my kids having that quality time outside where there's no phone phones in the back pocket and we're just talking and that's you can't get that time back and i would never have done that before i honestly i would never have done that before and it's brought me so much so yeah definitely like you know i've taken my younger one he wanted to come to the gym with me i asked my gym can he come he's only 7 but it's not for him to come and train but the fact that he's interested And he was asking me, he looked at everything I was doing. He was watching me. He was questioning, mommy, why do you do this that way? Why are you moving the weight slower now? Why are you, why does that, like whatever question he had in his head, he was there fully trying to get to grips with, this is what a workout is. 
This is what you do when you go, because he's, he's heard me say, I'm going to the gym like about a billion times over. But in the, in the summer, like luckily I, I, I was able to actually take him and he loved it. And he's always said to me that next holiday, I'm coming again, not to do anything, but it's that curiosity. And I guess I don't want him to have, when he grows up, the fear that I had of what a gym means. A gym to me was like men going in there and like, you know, and the gym I was signed up to years ago, the left side and the right side the weights room was completely separate to the cardio and only men when I was, when I was like growing up, only men were going left and it was dark. I couldn't see into the room. I was too scared to even go in there. I could just see the entrance and it was like dark. And, and I was like, Oh my God, what goes on in there? And it, was really yeah. <laughs> it was so daunting and intimidating. And I don't want my kids to have that fear. I want that now I like the gym for me is like my sanctuary. It's my, it's my haven. It's my place where no one can bother me and I'm not working. I'm not answering phone calls and I'm not, it's nothing to do with my clients. It's nothing to do with my family. It's nothing to do with anybody. It's to do with me because I'm constantly just giving to everyone around me all the time. That place, I owe so much of it. Like I, I want to change gyms because of location and stuff, but I can't bring myself to even change gyms because that gym means so much to me. It's like I have an emotional attachment. A good gym is worth its weight in gold. So hundred percent. But on that note, so we have number one, family friendly meals, getting active play dates with your children and spending more time doing active things. Number three, quick fire tip for your kids. Number three, I get them to actually cook and understand. So not only the food, they understand what balanced meals are. And as a vegetarian, like my, one of my kids is a dairy, has a dairy allergy. So he's pretty much vegan, but eats eggs. The middle one, uh, the young, older one eats all veggie food and dairy. But growing up when I was younger, we were given like a plate of pasta with tomato sauce and some garlic bread. Where's the protein in that entire meal? It's not, it's like literally just carbs and a bit of fat. But there's not, there's not a balanced meal on that. In, in, you know, it's not a balanced meal. So what I try to teach my kids is, okay, but we need to make sure that it's got something else. You're, you're more than welcome to have pasta, but we need to have something else either with it on the side or we need to put something in there that's going to be your protein. Because it's so easy as a vegetarian or a vegan, a whole day can go by without you really even touching the level of protein you should be eating. I know they're kids, but it's important for them as well that they do because Asians especially are so bad at at that kind of stuff. We were misled to thinking that dal was protein and it's not. (laughs) It's a very minuscule amount. You you can't equate a bowl of dal to a chicken breast or a a slab of tofu or something that is actually protein. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that. Three really good tips. Okay, now three. Now a person who finds healthy eating boring currently, what three tips do you have for them to make it a lot less boring? Go on social media and follow, find accounts that are similar to maybe what I do, which is giving you ideas. Look, the, the reason why all these things exist is because really life is at a touch of a button now. There's so much information out there that you don't need to think for yourself. So use the, use the tools around you. Like I put macros on all my recipes at the end. So it's broken down completely, fats, carbs, proteins, total number of, total number of calories. Um, and then you can obviously scale according to, to what your goals are. So definitely look at like accounts that do healthy eating, but in a non-board. And, and a lot of accounts are very similar to me in that the way the world is moving is about non-restrictive foods. So definitely, definitely, definitely do that. Number two, there is no ingredient that you can't cook with. So I don't know what you're fearing. I ate chocolate every single day and I lost 15 kilos. 
But that was my, yeah, okay, there is an argument that it's not nutrient-dense, it's calorie-dense to eat a piece of chocolate. And especially when calories start dropping and you don't almost want to waste those calories on a piece of chocolate. But that's my choice. And that keeps me in check because it stops my brain wandering into a space where I'm then going to start craving things. And then I'm going to sit there and maybe go and have a little of a binge. I'm not in a binge in an eating disorder way, but you know what I mean? It's like, I can't cope anymore. Let me open the cupboard. And it's just like anything I see, I'm just going to be like, right, I'm having that. Even if it's whatever. It's like, no. So all my clients, they eat chocolate if that's their choice too. And they tell me on a questionnaire that they eat pasta. There is not anything you can't eat. You just have to make sure your meals are balanced. And that's the key. Think of the ingredients you like. Think of a cuisine that you like. Just put them together, like use my fitness pal. It's so easy to use my fitness pal. Research recipes on Google and then go, right, how can I actually make this a little bit healthier? Which is how I started my whole account. How can I make pancakes without using uh, plain flour, for example? And now I do use plain flour because I've actually moved my mindset forward as well. Because back in that day, when I started doing this, I did think plain flour was bad. I thought butter is bad. And I thought everything that's, you know, oh no, no, you can't use this. No. And then I realized it's actually not the case, but you know, I used to blend oats into a flour. I've now got a flour, the same ingredients. I used to make my porridge bowls. I used to make waffles, pancakes, uh, brownies. It was literally the same ingredients, protein powder, peanut butter, everything that would go in a bowl of oats, but it was just made in a completely different way to give me a completely different recipe, a completely different meal. But like lunch wise, you've got so many options. Like, you know, you can have a wrap. You might not be able to eat the entire tortilla depending on your calorie intake for carbs, but there's no reason why it can't be just double filled as opposed to, you know, you can make it up with the protein because your protein is going to be slightly higher if you're on a lower carb intake. But yeah, it's, it's just about being smart and not actually thinking you can't eat things. And there number is a three? So the third is, I think for me, is um, an 80-20 rule. It's always about balance, right? So it's fine for you to eat what you want to eat, but find don't, don't stop yourself eating the things you enjoy. If there is actually something you really, really enjoy, incorporate it into the week. Or, you know, you can buffer. You can, I think people find it boring when it's monotonous. So, you know, if you are someone who finds monotony, then meal prep might not be for you on a daily basis. It might be that what I tell my clients to do is make food on a Monday, two portions, save one for a Thursday. That way you're not feeling like it's two days in a row. And then it's, that's where the monotony comes in. Yeah. So I I tell them to like spread out the time that they eat the second portion. So keep it a couple of days gap. And that really helps. So yeah, I guess don't overdo the meal prepping if you find monotony in in the healthy food, I guess, like as in eating healthy and then it's monotonous or it's boring. And just have a library of a library of recipes that you really, you know, can can put twists on and have the same ingredients, but use a different sauce, for example, or and it changes up the whole recipe. Absolutely. So, Preach. I yeah. like those a lot. This one should be a little bit quicker. What are your top five must-haves in Mira's kitchen? Top five must-have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Should have just said top four, really. Top four, yeah. Oats is a given. Can't live without my oats. Oh my God, they're the most versatile thing ever. Peanut butter for fats, 100%. My favorite. Um, Apart from avocado, that's probably my my favorite go-to. Unsweetened almond milk, 
because I don't have dairy and like it's pretty much zero calories. Um, and, it, and it adds, and it adds the, a little bit of, you know, it's better than water in my opinion to make oats with. Oh God, what up chocolate, chocolate. I have chocolate every day, dark chocolate, dark chocolate every day, 70%. And then what else? Oh my God, this is really hard. My one cow spray. <laughs> 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 that's a good oh, shout i like spray. that one my one cow spray that is like literally such a lifesaver but right? actually i like my pro- can i add, add to the list you can add um, an extra my protein flavor drops okay it's not called flavor it's called flav drops these are the best invention ever it's kind of like obviously you know the coffee syrups that you get in the coffee shop but they're so concentrated that you only actually need one to two drops now, black coffee, coffee drinkers who, you know, move, move from drinking sugar, milky coffees or sugar, milky Indian teas or masala chais and whatever with sugar in it. A lot of people don't like the, the taste of sweeteners, like, you know, the aesthetic, well, even though it's not aesthetic, but my ones are plant-based. I use Natvia and I don't find it too bad, but it's still like not the same as having sugar. But these drops, oh my God, vanilla drops in an oat milk latte or a black coffee, they're sugar-free, zero calorie. They've got peanut butter flavor. They've got toffee flavor. They've got hazelnut flavor. You white chocolate flavor, you name it. They've got it. But the best thing about it is, so a yogurt bowl, I make a yogurt bowl with vanilla protein in it. I put some strawberry drops in and I add strawberries, Cheerios, whatever to into my yogurt bowl. Tastes like Haribo giant straws in a bowl. <laughs> then I've got the cherry drops and it turns in, into a cherry drop flavor bowl. I've got mango drops. So it's like, if you find food boring and you'll eat it, but I'm eating the same yogurt bowl pretty much every day. But that one little thing by changing the flavor of the flavor drops, for example, has completely changed the game for me now because the monotony is not there, even though I'm not using different ingredients, but it's just changing it completely for me. No, I completely agree. And usually when people tell me that eating healthy is boring, I usually challenge their creativity. And that's mostly what it comes down to, right? Do you know what it is though, Elliot? The the old school mindset of what healthy eating is, is, is so different to what it means today. You know, it was a boiled chicken breast with a bit of broccoli and a, a bit of rice on your plate. And, you know, people think that what bodybuilders eat is what you need to be eating. No, we're not here to be bodybuilders. We're here to just live normally, but live in a sustainable, healthy way. That means living normally, eating normal food. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. So if you can start doing that from the start, then you'll never feel like you're even on a fat loss journey. And on that note, what impact, Mira, do you want to have on the fitness industry? Education. Education. My, 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 when I, when I sign a client up, my one line to them is I want to call any client that's been through a journey with me. And in 12 months time, if I was to contact them 12 months after they've left me, they are in either the same position or a better position than where I left them in. That's my goal with every client because I want to educate. I don't want to tell you this many calories, do this many steps and go and do cardio and this many training, strength training sessions a week and burn this many calories on a, on, a, on a cardio session. No, I don't want to do that. I want you to learn the reasons why, what we're doing every step of the way. I want to educate you. Everything I know, I want to pass on to you because the whole reason you're here is to change your life for the long term and live a sustainable way in the future. How are you going to do that if you never understood what we were doing? And you just went through the motions of just following instructions. 
So that's why I educate my, my clients on how to eat out socially, what choices to make. In the beginning, I make those choices because I get them to tell me where they're going and I give them options. But after a few times, I get them to tell me what they would pick and I will oversee it. Then I know whether they're on the right track. And when they leave, they're, they're educated to do this on their own because you need to know how to eat out. You need to know how to live your life in a normal way and not have to do... I don't want them to ever have to hire a coach again. That's a fantastic mission. Yeah. That's, can... my, that's my thing. I want to get you to a point where you can be fully sustainable on your own and know everything I know. Maybe not the ins and outs of the science behind it, but like, you know, all the, the things that we study as a PT, but you don't need to know that to, to coach yourself. You don't need to. So, and this is why I, I don't care if they, I don't care if my clients go through a little bit of a fall at the beginning. Because I think that makes them stronger and they learn from it and they, they realize how they don't want to be. If you don't know how you don't want to be, then when that time comes, it might be far further down the journey. And I don't want that to come later where they've gone through so much effort and then they take the fall. Because to yeah. get up from that is harder. Yeah, I completely align. And I think it's important to fail on the journey. Otherwise, if it's too, if it comes too easy, it usually goes too easy as well. So it's great to see, you know, them make mistakes, learn from them, get better, and then come out on the other side. Okay, and on to the final question, where can people find you if they want to dive into more of your work? So I have two Instagram accounts. Um, one is Mira underscore fit. So that's M with a double E-R-A underscore fit. And the other, my, my coaching company is called M Body, but it's spelt with the letter M for Mira, M Body Coaching. That's also on Instagram. It was, it was to the word M Body because I want people to embody how they wanted to look and feel. And it's a play on my name, which is why I went with the letter M. And uh, it's mbodycoaching.com. And yeah, that's what, that's what I do. And you know, if you want some nice recipes, especially breakfast dishes that are macro-friendly, that are insanely delicious, Follow me on Instagram and uh, start uh, making some of those because I genuinely will tell you you'll fall in love with some of them for sure. And they'll be definitely in your library of recipes going forward. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's me. Amazing. I'll put that all in the show notes. And yeah, I couldn't uh, agree with Mira more on that front. You will, once you're on a f- page, you'll be scrolling for like the next 20 minutes and you'll be like, oh, I should probably actually start saving some of these and start making them. So. I do. Yeah, I do get like, I can see when like, sometimes like if I, if I spent enough time on my Instagram, I catch it at the right time. I'll see a follower who's just followed me, but then the way Instagram collects the likes now is very different. So I can see that follower has gone back like all the way. It literally is for 45 minutes. I can see their name coming up as uh-huh. a like very, very old photos, like from like last year and stuff like that. So that comes like, it's unusual for it to come up. So when that happens, I'm like, Oh my God, this person's spending a long time. <laughs> on my feed. Yeah. Um, it's easily done. But you have to make sure that if you go onto Mira's profile, you have to make something that you see. Uh, that that's the rule. Yeah, and tag yeah, tag me when you do, so I know. And then send me a little message and go, yeah, this is how I found you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, today, Mira. Take care, guys, and we'll look forward to thank speaking you. with you soon. And that was the Simply Fit podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. 
To reach out to me on social media, you'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.